And then one day I met a chemist and, you know, I've always wanted to make a lipstick. And he said, oh, I can make one for you. And I said, okay. I said, I don't know anything about anything, but I want one that doesn't smell bad. I want it not dry. I want it not greasy. I want it a little bit matte and I want it to look like lips. So Mm. I thought I'm just gonna make one lipstick and I could probably sell it. I didn't realize we all have different color lips. So if it's my lip color, it's going to look pasty on someone else or orange on someone else or brown on someone else. Yes. So I ended up coming up with, you know, these lip colors that look like different people's lips. And I channeled the models. So there was a beautiful Indian model named Yasmin. I thought of her lips. There was a beautiful model from England and I remembered her pink lips. You know, we have the skin we have and you've got to find colors that match it. It's me, Bobby Brown, on Total Mom Sense. Can't wait to share my story. As moms, we often wonder, am I doing enough for my kids? I'm here to tell you, you are super mama. That's because we have an undeniable superpower, our intuition, and it never steers us wrong. I call it our mom sense. Hi, I'm Kanika Chadda Gupta, and I'm the host of That's Total Mom Sense. I'm a journalist, entrepreneur, wife, and mom of three twins plus one. Now, if I had a dollar every time I heard, gee, you have your hands full. On my podcast, I interview influential moms from various industries and cover topics that all first-time parents grapple with, from getting your baby to sleep to screen time allowance, your new normal in your marriage, and how to dedicate time to yourself. Learn and laugh along with that total mom sense. This episode has been brought to you by the Manhattan Toy Company. Do you lament the fact that your kids have way too many toys strewn all over the house, only to have lost interest in many of them because they haven't forged any real attachment? Velveteen Rabbit Syndrome is real, and I think it's up to us as parents and caretakers to teach our children how fun it can be to use toys as a tool to spark their imagination and curiosity. No overstimulating lights, sounds, or gadgets needed. I have partnered with Manhattan Toy Company, which was founded in 1978 and has stood the test of time because there's something so special and scientifically proven about toys that are thoughtfully crafted to promote the right challenge at the right time, from teething to gross and fine motor skills to social emotional learning and pretend play. My youngest son loved his wooden baby beads, which worked on his motor skill development like grasping, shaking, and reaching when he was first learning to crawl. My toddler daughter adores the Playdate Friends collection. I smile when I see how nurturing of a person she is when she's pretending to feed her doll in a booster chair or take her for a walk in a stroller. And it helps that it's machine washable too. My other son and daughter's twin enjoys the Making Faces magnet set where he can manipulate the faces to have glasses or feel glad, sad, or mad to mirror how he's feeling. Save 20% on your next purchase using the search term MomSense when you visit the website ManhattanToy.com to redeem your unique 20% off code. You and your kids will fall in love with this brand, just as we have. This episode has been brought to you by Evolution 18. According to beauty industry titan Bobby Brown, the better you take care of yourself on the inside, the better you look on the outside. As a working mom of three, I am busy taking care of my family, especially during the pandemic, which often leaves very little time for me. Evolution 18 has been my panacea when it comes to self-care. 
I start my morning with the D-Bloat tea in an eight ounce glass. It's a delicious vitamin and antioxidant infused elixir, which helps with water retention and bloating and boosts my metabolism. So I feel energized throughout the day. Bring on that water play kiddos. I love taking my beauty gummy, which is packed with biotin for thicker, healthier hair and has helped me with my thinning hair during postpartum. And during the day, I add flavorless collagen powder to a fruit smoothie or a cup of chai, which has protein to nourish muscles, supports brain function, and leaves me feeling satiated. True to form, Bobby believes in simplicity and all things essential. And Evolution 18 is really all I need in my medicine cabinet. Hello, listeners. How are you at this present moment? I want you to take a second to think about that. I know we're overworked and tired because we're managing a ton, overseeing our businesses, whether we're taking on new ventures or growing empires, or taking care of our families and entertaining and teaching our kids at home as best we can, running our households and doing it all over again the next day. Things are not getting any easier, but my guest today is a woman who chooses to lead her life with conviction and manage it all with finesse. She recently gave a commencement speech to the class of 2020 where she rallied, get over it, get over yourself and get out there. And I think that slogan applies to adults and parents too, especially during these challenging times. We've got this and we need to believe it. Bobby Brown is a beauty industry titan, world-renowned makeup artist, best-selling author, sought-after speaker, and serial entrepreneur. As a professional makeup artist, Bobby created 10 simple lipsticks that evolved into a global beauty empire. She has written nine beauty and wellness books and is a New York Times best-selling author. Since leaving her billion-dollar company, Bobby Brown Cosmetics, in October 2016, she has launched Beauty Evolution LLC and was certified as a health coach through the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. Bobby has returned to her roots as an entrepreneur. Her latest endeavor is Evolution 18, a line of beauty-inspired wellness products. Driven by Bobby's insatiable curiosity for all things lifestyle, she also curates an editorial website, justbobby.com. In addition, she and her husband, Stephen Plofker, lovingly reimagined The George, a 32-room design-inspired boutique hotel located in Montclair, New Jersey. They have three sons, Dylan, Dakota, and Duke. Bobby, it is such an honor to have you on today. Oh, well, thank you. Listening to all that stuff I've done, it's kind of overwhelming. I don't <laughs> think about it. I just go forward and do yeah, you have a lot of feathers in your cap for sure. I've had Bobby Brown lipsticks in my cosmetic bag. Even though I know you left the company almost four years ago, your Evolution 18 supplements in my cabinet follow recipes on your blog and listen to your podcast regularly. You are such a prevalent part of my life and you've provided me with solutions like when I was getting my first job and making me feel and look my best to being a mom of three and making me truly feel my best. And I know that my list can relate. So I can't thank you enough. Oh, that's so sweet. I'm so happy. Well, you seem like you got it all together. <laughs> trying, yeah, trying. Yeah. You know, I just want to start with how are you doing at this present moment? I think that's a question we're always asking anyone we speak to. I'm doing okay. I mean, it's been quite a journey and I'm someone that once you kind of figure out what's going on, you absorb it. I always look at the positive side. I mean, I somehow have been home with my husband, my 21-year-old who graduated from college, Duke. Yeah. I had Cody and his fiance Pyle here for 
over two and a half months. My nephew, Jeremy. Now, I will look back in this time and say that was unbelievable. And by the way, in between talking into cameras and telephones, I'm doing the laundry. I'm cleaning a toilet. I I would really like to get some kind of like Mr. Clean endorsement. Yes. I I am now Mrs. Clean. (laughs) Look, I am the only one that 24 hours a day likes to clean. I have to bug people to get things done. You know, they think they're doing it, but... And so I've learned to let go of certain things. Well, congrats on your son's engagement. It's such an exciting time. How are they doing, the the newlywed couple-to-be? <laughs> yeah, well, they're doing great. They're my second, it's my second son engaged. So I have okay. two, you know, my oldest son was supposed to marry his long-term girlfriend in January in Mexico. So they had to cancel their wedding. They postponed it a year. They were having a small, really cool Vogue-inspired wedding in mm-hmm. Mexico. And then Cody and Pyle got engaged. And I think it's probably going to be a big one because Pyle has 150 first cousins. <laughs> yes, that is Indian weddings for you. Yeah, I cannot, I cannot wait. And I keep joking that I've always wanted an elephant in my backyard. Even though <laughs> I know you can't get elephants in America, but I have this dream. But, you know, unfortunately, we have to wait. Yeah. So there's a vaccine. I don't see any way around it. Right. Your kids are young. I see a lot of kids going to camp, parents dropping them off with masks on. I'm like, do you think those kids are keeping their masks on? Exactly. No exactly. So, you know, I'm my my kids are probably even more afraid than I am. Like, you know, I'm over 60. And so they're like, Mom, you're in the danger zone. Yeah. Very, very careful. You know, I'm lucky that they're not in school. And you're lucky your kids aren't in school either because exactly. that would be a tough decision. I know. They can get all the education they need from me, colors, shapes, I can do that. (laughs) So tell us about what it was like growing up. What was a young Bobby doing to spend her time? Um, You know, it's a really good question because back then, you know, there was no social media, there was no computers. I was, you know, a pretty normal kid. I grew up in Chicago in the suburbs, the oldest of three kids. My parents were 20 uh, and 21 when I was born. You know, I was just social and wanting to be liked and wanting to be popular and never did great in school, never thought I was smart, went somehow, um, got into college with friends of mine. We just went to college and I transferred three times and I ended up at Emerson College where I got a degree in theatrical makeup. They didn't have a course, but they had an interdisciplinary course, which meant you could design your own. So I designed my own major. Now I know it's called being an entrepreneur. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. So, you know, how did you kind of carve this niche for yourself at such a young age? You were like, no, this is what I'm going to do. I'm not going to try to fit into some other lane. I'm going to do this. Well, when I was in college, I read an article in Mademoiselle magazine, which was this cool young woman's magazine about a makeup artist in New York City who worked with all the top photographers, did all the fashion shows. And I was like, that's what I want to do. So after I graduated, I moved to New York and started calling people. And they were like, whoa, 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 whoa. There's no job. You have to build a portfolio. You have to, I just always asked a lot of questions. Yeah. I went to a modeling agency and said, all right, I want to do these quote unquote tests. And they helped set me up with some of their new girls. And I, that's how I learned makeup. And then I started assisting other makeup artists for free. I learned a lot. And then, you know, you put one foot in front of the other, 
and you keep going. That's my only advice. If you get nothing else today, you, nothing ever replaces just doing things. Yes. Yes. You always knew that New York was going to be on the map though, right? You, after Boston, were like, I, I have to be in the big city to I do did. this. It was either LA or New York. And I knew that it was, you know, I didn't want to go into the movie business and I really wanted to do fashion. So I moved to New York with a boyfriend at the time who was a photographer and started pounding the pavement. And um, I lived in New York City till I was 30 and met my husband. We moved to the suburbs of Montclair before we even had kids. Oh, that's wonderful. You had this goal to land a Vogue cover and it took you seven years to achieve it. These were different times. You were, you know, calling photographers and editors in the yellow pages. So tell us what that was like. Well, I would get up on a Monday morning and look at my calendar that was empty and I, okay, I've got to fill it. And I would fill it with appointments where I would go talk to people. And, you know, some people liked me, some people didn't. My work was, you know, not professional at the time. And then someone gave me a chance and I did a magazine shoot, you know, not a fancy magazine shoot. It was, you know, a one pager in, and I think it was Glamour Magazine. It was a dancer who Mm -hmm. was doing an exercise story. You couldn't see the makeup, but you could see my name on the side. You know, that was a mini break. And then that photographer ended up using me again because I came on time. I was nice. I was helpful. I said, thank you. And she said, oh, this is a nice girl. I got invited again. And things just lead to other things. But then there's plenty of times where it was quiet and my phone didn't ring and I was worried about paying the rent. Well, I just reactivated the yellow pages and started calling other people. Right. How was it that you noticed a gap in the market and said, you know, I know that there's, you know, a plethora of other brands out there and those that have been around for generations, but I want to just go and build my own. What made you think to do that and start with lipsticks? Well, I didn't want to build a brand. I didn't even know what a brand was, <laughs> but it was the eighties. And when I was a freelance makeup artist, the style was, you know, contoured and, you know, you would paint a foundation, which was completely pink and not the color of anyone's skin. And I just, it didn't make sense to me. And I kept trying to find a foundation that matched. It didn't work. And then one day I met a chemist and, you know, I've always wanted to make a lipstick. And he said, oh, I can make one for you. And I said, okay. I said, I don't know anything about anything, but I want one that doesn't smell bad. I want it not dry. I want it not greasy. I want it a little bit matte and I want it to look like lips. So Mm. I thought I'm just gonna make one lipstick and I could probably sell it. I didn't realize we all have different color lips. So if it's my lip color, it's going to look pasty on someone else or orange on someone else or brown on someone else. Yes. So I ended up coming up with, you know, these lip colors that look like different people's lips. And I channeled the models. So there was a beautiful Indian model named Yasmin. I thought of her lips. There was a beautiful model from England and I remembered her pink lips. So I just, you know, an African model. I remembered her lips some of my nanny's friends, people from other countries. I couldn't imagine a woman coming to the counter and saying, I'm sorry, we don't have your color or someone pretending or giving the worst thing is when they give you a foundation, they say, oh, let me show you how to fix it. No, no. And I have wars with my marketing team because they would say, we're not selling a lot of these shades. 
we've got to discontinue them. And I would say, no, go get me more customers with dark skin. You know, we have our, the skin we have and you've got to find colors that match it. Exactly. Exactly. You really brought us back to um, the basics with your brand and, you know, and there's still a place for it in the market, despite the trends, you know, there's baking and heavy contouring and going over the top, overlining the lips, like, I guess people who are into that, but tell us why, despite that, even in the eighties, the blue eyeshadow, it was like, why was your brand ethos to be simple and minimal and natural? It was my personal thoughts on beauty. And I thought that, you know, my role model was always Allie McGraw who had the most natural beauty. And I loved when like, I would see pictures of these great artists and, you know, they'd have a bump in their nose or they'd Mm. be, you know, half black and half Irish and they'd have freckles. Like I love, I found beauty in, you know, the most interesting ways and I didn't want to cover it up. So when a girl with freckles came in, I didn't want to cover it up. You know, I've been gone from the brand three and a half years, October will be four years. It's not the same brand it was. I have no connection to it. I don't even look at what is happening because it's not even relevant. You know, what's relevant now is, you know, less and just yes. more, more easy, more more natural. Who are some of the celebrities that you've worked with? I was lucky enough to do Michelle Obama. I was lucky enough to do Meghan Markle. Done, you know, Mick Jagger. I've done Bono. Joe and Jill Biden I did for both inaugurations. So I've, you know, it's been a really interesting ride. And funnily enough, I am a makeup artist again. And I'm working. Yeah. People call me up and they're like, do you want to do this? And I'm like, yeah, I'd love to do it. <laughs> oh, I love that. And what are some of the essentials that you swear by? Mm-hmm. You know, certainly as I get older, I need mascara. I need to fill in my brows. I used to, you know, when I was a kid, I had the unibrow, really strong brows, and I don't anymore. They were tweezed and they don't grow back. I also need concealer because, you know, that little deep area in the side. Mm-hmm. I wear foundation. I wear blush and I live in the right moisturizer because that makes a big difference on the skin. And I'm not a lipstick person. Oh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I love how minimal. Yeah. Um, you chose to leave EL Companies, Estee Lauder in 2016 and true to form as a serial entrepreneur, you were on to the next. At first it was websites podcasts, and then Evolution 18. So tell us about the websites and podcast bit before that. Well, when I first left, I had a gift, which was I had my ninth book to promote, which was Beauty from the Inside Out. And why it was a gift? Because it gave me something to do right away. I also started reaching out at the same time. And a friend of mine offered me a Just Bobby concept shop in Lord & Taylor. So Mm -hmm. I did that for a year. And that's because I missed having a team and creativity and just trying things that I didn't know. So I did that. And then I worked on the hotel with my husband. Mm-hmm. I took up, you know, the social channels for the hotel for, we have a photo studio called 18 label. And then just Bobby became a magazine, basically a digital magazine. A lot of it was because of my love of content. I was the editor in chief of Yahoo making a, beauty magazine when I was there. And then I had the opportunity for Evolution 18 and I jumped at that. So so with Evolution 18, were you always a supplements 
person and you were like, I, I, I want to do this better? Well, I'm not really a supplement person because I'm the person that has all the different pills and I start really good trying to take them and then I don't. Yeah. (laughs) Most of Evolution 18 are not supplements. The two different supplements are Grow and Glow, which you, you know, I will only take something first thing in the morning or before bed. Like I just can't do it in the middle of the afternoon. But most of the supplements are powders and, you know, some powders that go into liquids because I find it's just much easier to consume that way than popping pills. But the reason I wanted to do this is because, A, I wanted to create my vision of products that can help you, because that's my thing. Help you de-bloat, help your hair grow, help collagen for your skin, help get rid of a sweet tooth, you know, all these kind of things that I understand that all women go through. I went back to school and became a health coach. I learned about you know what food does and what you should and shouldn't eat and how everyone is completely different. And having this health and wellness platform allows me to teach people the difference that they feel and look and how they go hand in hand. You know, I've, I've worked in India and the Indian diaspora. We love you. Just all of the products that you have. So what has your experience been like with India? Well, amazing, first of all. I mean, I'm someone that eat ginger. I eat turmeric. I've just (laughs) always coconut milk. For some reason, I've always, you know, gravitated to the health world, but I realize it's just your traditional, you know, Indian culture. So I have fallen in love with India, the flowers, the smell, the food, the everything, everything. It's like, it's an explosion of the senses. Exactly. And, you know, everywhere you go and, you know, good and bad, there's some not good, you know, there's, I I went in the subway. Okay. Like who goes in the subway in Delhi? Husband took me in the subway. Terrifying. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yes. But you know, I, I choose not to remember that. I remember the spice market. I remember, you know, the hotels are just like divine there. And now I get to go back with my future daughter-in-law and her family. Oh, when the pandemic is done and our world is a better, safer place. Dear mom, I know it's been a very difficult year for you. If there's ever been a year to make you feel loved and appreciated on Mother's Day, it's this one. I can see that retirement feels liberating and boring at the same time. The days for you and dad are more often than not humdrum and lonely. It breaks my heart to see your health failing you and what used to be simple tasks feel draining. But mom, you're a fighter. I wanna encourage you to reminisce about the good times and share your incredible story of struggle, sacrifice, and success, not only for you to look back on, but for your grandchildren to have something to aspire to. I am honored to partner with a company called StoryWorth, which is an online service that helps you share stories through thought-provoking questions about your memories and personal thoughts. Every week, StoryWorth emails you a different story prompt like, where did you vacation during your childhood? Or what is the best advice your mother gave you? After one year, StoryWorth will compile all of your stories, including photos into a thoughtfully crafted, beautiful keepsake book that's shipped for free. Give your mom the most meaningful gift this Mother's Day with StoryWorth. Visit storyworth.com slash momsense to receive $20 off your first purchase. That's storyworth.com slash momsense. Happy Mother's Day, mom. 
and to all the super moms out there. And now for a quick break brought to you by my brand sponsor, Homer. Hi, this is Kanika Shadagupta, founder and host of That's Total Mom Sense. I'm Stephanie Dua, president and co-founder of Homer. And this is At Home with Homer. Homer is the essential early learning program for kids aged two to eight. We have the most comprehensive app available for early learning skills that you can find on iOS or Google Play. And you can also find our really fun explore kits that help kids with their math, their reading, and social emotional learning that you can find on our website, learnwithhomer.com. On this weekly segment, we're going to cover a range of topics from raising confident readers to developing emotional intelligence. These are the skills that will carry your child through school and life and resonate most when taught at home by you, their most important teacher. So grab a notepad, your phone, or your mental notebook to remember the tips shared during the segment. And now on to At Home with Homer. Today's segment is Raising a Reader. So reading for me has been one of my most favorite pastimes, and I really want my children to enjoy it too. But it can get kind of scary to basically inculcate this love of reading. Homer's reading program has proven to increase early learning scores by 74%. Well, you know, the, the, the origin story really is I was working as the CEO of the Fund for Public Schools in New York City, working with 1.1 million schools. It's the largest school district in the country. And my own daughter, who was in kindergarten at the time, was really struggling with reading. And she came to me and she said, mommy, help me, help me learn to read. And so I had access to the greatest minds in education and no one could recommend a product that they trusted. So I said to Anya, let's create one. And so we did. Amazing. Amazing. So what advice do you have for parents to create a love of reading? Reading is the foundation of a strong education, but what most parents don't know is it's not intuitive or natural. Math is actually more natural for a child, but reading is really not intuitive. The second thing most parents don't know is that if you're not reading at grade level, deemed a proficient reader by grade four, it becomes really hard to catch up because by grade four, you move from learning to read to reading to learn. And that's this really important milestone, which is why getting started early is so important. I like to say that there are three things parents should be thinking about in terms of creating a love of reading and therefore a love of learning. One is make your home a reading-rich environment. Two is create a reading routine. And three is make reading social. Let's go back to the first one, really creating a reading-rich environment. What does that mean? There are a lot of things, simple, simple things you can do. Subtitles on TV shows, literally just leaving books all around the house so kids can pick them up even before they can read. And then leading by example, I know as moms, we have no time, but when we can sitting with our child and having um, and reading the newspaper or reading a magazine or reading a book ourselves really models that experience. The second thing is really creating a reading routine. Kids love routines. They love things that are predictable. The most common reading routine is a bedtime story. And what most parents don't know is how important that time is. It's not only just a social time, but it's also creating great modeling, and it's also helping to build that love of learning. And it's really proven 20 minutes a day, that's all it takes, 20 minutes a day of reading has really proven to develop literacy skills and create that parent bond. 
The last thing I'd say is, you know, thinking about libraries are a really important part of our community, you know, and they're just a great place um, where kids can build that love of reading. They can explore books that they've never seen before. And it's really also helping us teach children, I believe, that we don't have to purchase everything. You know, you don't have to go to Amazon and get everything. You know, we can go and as part of a community, we can participate in our library. And then finally, make reading social. Reading is such a social activity. It can be. It's kind of like a mini book club. You can create a little book exchange with your weekly play date. Each week, your child picks out one book to give to their playmates and they borrow it for the week and then they return it. And that makes it a very social experience for kids, which makes it so much fun. Oh, I I completely agree. That's so, so great. I love these tips. Um, My family and I love going to the library. And even though the restrictions are still in place, you can do a very easy drop off or a pickup. And they get so excited when we pick up new books for them. And there's even story hour there you can join and they can just relax and, and sit and have a story told to them. Yes, yes. Um, I did have a question. So with, you know, younger kids that haven't quite learned phonics and and how to string together letters into words, I found that my daughter and my younger son did this all the time. They would memorize books. Mm -hmm. So whether it was Brown Bear, Brown Bear or The Very Hungry Caterpillar, I mean, they could read it cover to cover, no one to turn the page. They just knew it verbatim. Is that a good thing? It's definitely not a bad thing. You know, I think kids just learning to, even before they memorize it, even just saying their own story is is part of reading. We shouldn't define reading as only being able to decode the words on the page and say them fluently. Really just building that muscle early on, build the enjoyment of reading, even as I said, as they're saying their own story. I think the one thing you have to watch out for with memorization is memorization later when they're in like more like third grade, if they're memorizing their words on a spelling test versus learning to sound them out, that can be more problematic for a child as they get to more sophisticated words. Great advice. Thank you. I hope you got some great takeaways from the At Home with Homer segment. And now back to the interview. And what are some of the products, if you can just walk us through the line? Well, let's see. Uh, My favorite is DeBloat, which um, has a combination of hydrangea in it, apple cider vinegar. The whole idea is we wake up bloated and you drink this and it just helps clean out your water retention. So it's really great. It's a beauty tea and it's truly like an elixir. It is. And it takes food and I put in a giant thing of water because the more water you drink, believe it or not, the better it is. Mm -hmm. And then we also introduced this year a chill gummy. The gummy CBD. Yeah, there's no THC in it. So you don't get any kind of weird side effects. I have the, the collagen in a jar, beauty in a jar. Yeah, that's, that's plain collagen that you could put into your smoothies. You could put into your coffees. Oh, great. Yeah. You have spoiled me. I mean, yeah, thank you so much. This is, I feel like I have an arsenal now. And being a mom, we don't take that time for self-care because we're just constantly giving. You have to, though. Yeah. 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 Segue into your motherhood journey. Yeah. Tell us, you know, when you had your first, what point of life you were in and how that shaped you as a woman. My first son, Dylan, who is now 30, was born uh, when I was just formulating the company. I was just starting the lipstick. And I remember 
nursing him and being on the phone with the editors. And luckily there was no Zoom. And back then you didn't talk about you're living in the suburbs and you're having kids. No, yeah. I, you know, I knew you've got to be fancy and fantastic and live in New York. And, you know, that was a tough thing because I thought I was not exactly what I should be. So I was always, you know, a little insecure about that. But mm. then I had my second son a year late, uh, two years later. So my kids were two years apart. By then I was traveling to Neiman Marcus. You know, we already had launched Bergdorf. We launched right. I, I kind of remember things. I thank God I have pictures. I take a lot of pictures, but you could imagine, you know, I'm sure, I don't know how you look so good with your kids being so young. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, I, um, I have help and my in-laws have all three of them. So I have a quiet podcasting studio at home. So yeah, it definitely takes a village, you know, to, to have that army at your side. Yeah. And, you know, I, I always had some amazing nanny that I would hire, but I, you know, my husband and I were truly partners. So he worked in New Jersey. I was always going to the city. So had to figure it out. And it took me a while, but I finally realized I could do better work from home. So I started a couple days a week, even when I was part of the corporation working from home, just so I could drop the kids off at school so I could pick them up. So I could, you know, pick them up from a play date. Like I wanted to be part of their lives. Of course, I signed up to be the class mom when they were in school. Wow. Which was terrifying for me because I don't know how to type. And so it was like really hard to communicate with other parents. But, you know, I did it. And my biggest advice, and I don't know, this made such a difference because I was so busy. I would go into the principal every year and I would say to them, give me the dates. I want to know when the teachers' conferences are, the sing-alongs. I need those dates. And I needed, mm. the, you know, my kids' checkup dates because then I wouldn't schedule anything. Right. I had to fly to Dallas and the kids had a sing-along. I never missed it. So, you know, birthday parties, like, oh my God, there's a birthday party. Let me run out to the store. And one day I said, this is really dumb. Mm-hmm. A local bookstore. And I bought gift certificates for $5 and $10. I had them in the drawer. And depending how close they were, they kids got a $5 or a $15. Nice. And then they, I supported a local bookstore. Yeah. They got to pick their own gift. And when you had, you know, your third, you know, did you feel like you were in a rhythm by then? Well, I had my third when the other boys were six and eight. We didn't really talk about having a third until I turned 40 and we were going to adopt. And then I just said, no, let me see if I can get pregnant. And I did. So I had Duke when I was 41. In retrospect, I wish I had someone between the the six-year-old and the baby because Mm -hmm. it's like having two families, but, you know, because uh, come out pretty good. I'm sure. How are your sons and what's their dynamic like? Well, it has changed so much. When they were young, I mean, any mom of boys understands (laughs) there was some intense fights, like fist fights. right. Over the dumbest things. And, you know, a very famous story, I guess I once couldn't break them up and I was panicked. I don't even remember how old they were, but I went over to the refrigerator and I poured something. I remember it being milk, but they said it was juice. Someone else said it was water. And they got so mad at me, they forgot they were fighting. So (laughs) that is smart. Oh my goodness. Well played. They're, you know, and now, you know, they're close in different times. They're annoyed with each other, but you know, that's pretty normal. Yes, yes. 
So is it Duke who is um, graduating? He graduated class of 2020? Graduated in our kitchen. Yep, he did. Oh, wow. Okay. So you have given a really compelling commencement speech um, for the class of 2020. And I, I want you to just kind of highlight that. You gave five very tangible, real life tips. Uh, You quoted your friend, Liz Murray, who said, so what, now what? And to take it a step further, you mentioned, let's get over it. And your advice was to figure it out, look differently, act differently. Nobody knows what the future holds, but you need to be passionate and make the most of what you have. It's important to get out there and not worry about the specifics. Be open, courageous, and flexible. And you gave these tips to these college graduates. And here I am thinking it's so relevant for anyone, you know, entrepreneurs, moms, really whatever phase you are in life. I feel like these are life lessons that are so transformative and we should remind ourselves. So the first one you said was take care of yourself. So how do you like to take care of yourself? Well, first of all, the reason that's so important in everyone's life is you don't even realize that if you don't feel good, you're not going to be your best self. College kids don't always take care of themselves. So my advice is, you know, definitely do that. How I take care of myself is I walk every day, I exercise, I drink water, I eat healthy as could be. I mean, vegetables, I know what doesn't make me feel good. I don't eat it. And I try to eat just the best quality food. And I could be better. I could be doing meditation. I could be relaxing, but you know, we're all works in progress. Right, right. So the second tip was to connect with people, figure out a way that you can learn from them and find out ways to help. And this speech was written like the very beginning of our lockdown, you know, when we had a pandemic. So Kids were at home and they were flipping out that they're stuck in their parents' house. Their jobs they had didn't exist anymore. And if they didn't have a job, how are they going to get a job? So this was like, okay, guys, so what, now what? And guess what? Now is the time to just get out there. And if you can't leave your house, get out there on social media, call someone on the phone, you know, connect. It helps, A, it starts your network, but also helps your mood because it's very easy to feel stuck when you're not stuck. Exactly. And one thing that, you know, college grads have going for them is knowing how to do the Google Hangouts and the Zooms and the whatever it is that they can connect even face to face in a way. Number three was think outside the box. Use this historical time to your advantage. Definitely, because nothing is normal now and nothing is going to be normal. And think about what people are going to need. People are going to need more people working from home. People are going to, there's going to be opportunities where you might not have gotten them because, you know, you're young, you're scrappy. What you do for fun might even turn into a career. Right. Number four, take time to reflect. Take a step back to leap forward. Sometimes you do. Sometimes you have to press the reset button and you have to just say, okay, stop. And you have to just think about things and go back before you go forward. It's a whole different world now. Mm-hmm. And tip five, be yourself. Stay true to what you believe in despite the trends. Be authentic and comfortable with yourself. And some words that you put out there were have enthusiasm, fearlessness, and perseverance. That is so true. When I was a younger person, I had no idea how to act. 
And I would come in in these outfits that I were, you know, that I thought were corporate with my briefcase. And I was just never comfortable in my clothes and with myself. And as I, as I matured uh, and I started wearing more jeans and, you know, a t-shirt and a blazer, which was more my style, I'm like, okay, this is me. And I do think that people like people that are comfortable in their skin. Yeah, it's so true. You've hosted several podcasts, including um, Gallery Media Group's Long Story Short and iHeartRadio's Beyond the Beauty. What made you become such an avid podcaster? And what do you like about it as a medium, being a host? And what do you enjoy about it as a listener? Well, I'm someone that is always really curious. And I also believe everyone has a story. And sometimes I ask very personal questions and I don't mean anything except I am curious. Like, where are you from? What did your parents do growing up? Do you have siblings? Like, I just think that we are all the same. I don't think that we are different. Even if you've gone to an Ivy League school and someone else, you know, dropped out of school, we still are very, very similar in what we want in life. And I just think everyone has a story how they got there. And I'm just, I'm curious, like I didn't do a lot of homework before my podcast, which some people say was evident, but I just started talking to people because I just, I'm curious. Yeah. Do you have a mom tribe that you turn to? I do. And now I hate to tell you that all of my friends have grandchildren. So now I've got like a grandmom tribe. Yeah. (laughs) I always had these older women that were my friends. So when I was Mm -hmm. in my 30s, these women were in their 50s. You know, they always like would laugh at everything, you know, because they were out of it and they're like, oh yeah, we've been there, been through it. And you know what? My Aunt Alice has always been an amazing role model for me. And my girlfriends, you know, my go-tos, you know, they're still my friends. I'm lucky. I have long, long relationships with uh, a lot of women and we raised our kids together. If you can share a story about when you trusted your mom's sense when it came to your kids or... So I was always worried about disappointing the kids. Like I would never worried about being on TV or the Today Show. I always worried about messing up with the kids. And mm. one day I, you know, I volunteered for something in the, for a school project. And my job was to get the googly eyes. I'm like, all right, piece of cake, googly eyes. It was a day that I was at fashion week. I was on my way home from work. I was so exhausted. And I said to myself, oh my God, I forgot the googly eyes. It was 8.30 at night. And I called my husband and he's like, uh, we're, we're watching some game. We can't talk. I came home. I got in the car. I drove to Staples. They didn't have it. I drove to another place. They didn't have it. I drove to the third and all of a sudden it's nine o'clock. I got no googly eyes. I sat on the curb and I started crying. And then I slapped myself in the face and I said, get over yourself. Picked up my iPhone and I emailed all of my neighbors, all of my friends. I said, who's got googly eyes? And the people started dropping off googly eyes to my house. Oh, wow. A giant bag of googly eyes. So I was so so happy. I figured it out. I gave Duke the thing to bring to school. The next day I came home, I said, how was the project? Duke said, teacher was sick. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. And that's what a mom is. And that's the sense that a mom has. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's exactly it. Wow. Let's not forget our quote of the day. Okay. Is there a quote that you live by? Probably be be yourself. Be nice. I live by. Don't smoke. Drink water. I will <laughs> 
Yeah, it's true. I love how just it's simple to the core. It's now time for Mom Hall when we share products we love. Is there something that you're loving right now that's been a game changer for you? Product, app, anything that you want to share with the audience? Sure. I discovered probably about a year ago a cream, a moisturizer called Augustine Bader. It's very expensive, I will warn you. You know, they occasionally have sales. It's the only thing in my entire career that I actually see a difference. Like I've been putting the body on my neck and it tightens it. Right. Stopped wearing foundation. It evens out your skin tone. You know, it makes my lines less bothersome to me, you know, because I've never shot things in my face. Or I I have, but I've hated it and I've never done it again. You know, I haven't done it probably in over 20 years. I think the smallest jar is $80. And just think of all the money you're saving at Starbucks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Where can my listeners find you? All the platforms. Well, let's see. We've got justbobby.com. We've mm-hmm. got my Instagram, justbobbybrown. Um, I think there's a Twitter too, but I'm not very good on it. There is a LinkedIn too. I'm not very good on that. <laughs> um, you can listen to uh, Beyond the Beauty on iHeart. The old long story shorts are still there. There's Evolution 18, which is that Instagram. There's the George Hotel. And if you have a wedding or an event, there's uh, 18 label. IG Lives. There's so much. There's honestly, the media had gotten out of control. Bobby, I cannot thank you enough. This was so much fun to learn about your life story. You've been so honest and authentic and you've kept it simple. And that's so truly you. Oh, thank you. It has been a pleasure. And I'd love to offer your listeners a discount on the F18 because who doesn't like a little discount? (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all for listening to my chat with Bobby. She is incredible, isn't she? Now remember to log on to evolution18.com and use my promo code MOMSENSE18 to receive 20% off at checkout. And if you haven't already, subscribe to my podcast wherever you listen. Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Anchor. I'm everywhere. And leave me a review. They really help. And I love reading your feedback and interacting with you. For more info on upcoming episodes, you can visit my website, thatstotalmomsense.com. And you can see the pretty pictures on the grids of my Instagram channels. One is That's Total Mom Sense. That's our community. And you can follow me as well at Kanika Chada Gupta. Remember, always trust your mom sense. Stay strong, super mamas. See you next time. That's total mom sense.